and welcome to another Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Raziel. I am joined here by my man, Sia Najad. I am joined here by Joel Shrek at Draftmaster Flex. And we are here to talk about the Corrales Putacana Resort and Club Championship. Doesn't that just sound, it just sounds so nice. It sounds warm. It sounds comfortable. I'm up here in the Northeast. It's starting to get cold. It's like 65 degrees. It's a little too much for me personally. Uh, but see, I might be coming down to join you in Florida one of these days soon. So we'll start with you, Sia. Do you recycle? Wow. First of all, that's breaking news. Can't wait to hear about that. Uh, I do recycle. Yeah, we, um, okay. we've been recycling for like probably five, six years now, which probably wow. is behind the curve. But well, I was going to say, whatever. yeah, you guys took your time getting there. Joel, do you recycle? We do. Um, so it's funny. I, I really believe in it. It's, it's important. All right. It's good. It's good to do something to help out. Yep. But from being completely honest, it's because my building makes it super easy to do it. Okay. Where they only have it broken up or you just have to drop it in one bin and it's right there. So um, that what led me to recycling is how easy it is. But now that I do it, I feel really good about it. Hell yeah. And little little intrinsic, little extrinsic for your psychology majors out there, you marketing majors. So look at that. We all recycle. None of us wear our wedding rings. I think that's very important, too. We're going to have some polls coming up throughout the show uh, weekly. I think this this might be some fun. But Thank you, everybody. We are here to talk about golf. We are here to talk about DraftKings. We're going to bet. We're going to make some money. It's going to be fun. Last week, Bryson, only person under par. Didn't see that one coming. You guys both said like he has a possibility. I don't think either of you were on him too much. Maybe you were, Joel. Nope, nope. And I appreciate the honesty from both of you there. But uh, no one was on him, at least over here. And we still made some money. So that's always nice as well. See so, yeah, how just quickly on the U.S. Open. How did you enjoy that time? your time at Winged Foot? Considering I've been there so many times, I didn't really pay attention too much. I mean, just from a betting and DFS standpoint, it was really frustrating because, I mean, I can't speak for every win daily writer's picks, but I know mine were really on point other than the fact that I didn't have the winner. I mean, I really didn't have them in any lineup. So it was frustrating because I was able to win money um, because I had a lot of the guys up top, but, you know, I probably should have peppered in a couple of them. We we did mention it last week mm-hmm. that, you know, yep. taking Bryson with, with a Rory, for example, would be super contrarian given their ownership. So it's a little frustrating, you know, I, with football season around, I got to be honest, like it's it's um, a little harder for me to get my lineups in on time. And, and if I had just taken my own advice maybe a day earlier, I, I would have had some Bryson shares. So here we are. Here we are. It's OK, though. I think we had some fun. Shout out, Bryson. Um, I don't know if he deserves it. Turns out everyone kind of hates the guy. So like whatever. Joel, how did you feel about that? That U.S. Open, especially. Yeah. On on Sunday, I was watching it in the morning and then immediately at like 1250. I was like, I I'm not going to watch this anymore. I'm just watching football. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched very little of it because it was like it was over um, and football was on. Right. So if there wasn't football, I probably would have watched it. But there was there was something else to go to. Um, listen, at the end of the day, he deserved it. He earned it. He went six under in a very, very difficult course. I mean, he easily, even with that lead, like the way that course was playing, you saw a professional golfer mm-hmm. four putted one of the holes, right? So it was maybe was it six putt? It was like a ridiculous. So like it was a six putt. It was a six putt. It was a six putt. Mm-hmm. So anything could have happened. Like he easily could have choked that lead. He didn't. Um, he played really well. Um, and, and it's one of those things that I go back to. It's I, I know it's really hard to do, but it, it is how you have to play golf DFS. He's too good at golf. To be completely faded week to week, even though he's not playing well. That's the same thing happened with DJ, right? DJ collapsed, wasn't playing well for a few weeks. And then, like, we were all starting to fade him. And it was like, 
he's too good to keep fading. Like he's gonna come there, come around, and you have to be on him when he does because then you're too late. And that's what happened with Bryson this week. And you know, it's hard to predict that week to week, but that is a thing, right? Like these guys that are in the top ten, they don't just not finish well for months at a time. So you just got to be able to put pick them into different spots like this. Except Rory, I guess at this point, I haven't really seen that guy do anything yet. But maybe, maybe the next time around, it's his. on the horizon. To be honest with you, he's coming. It's coming. Watch out. Joel's going to be on him because he's never not on him, I guess. Uh, a good way to play it is a good way to play it. So we are here to talk about, again, I need to get this right, the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. Again, it just sounds gorgeous. And see, as I said, maybe I'll come visit you. It's it's more out of, I just hate the cold weather. Uh, and it's already too cold for me here in New Jersey. So I kind of just want to get the hell out of here. But that's a conversation for my now wife and I to have. Um, but it's not really a conversation because she says no. And look at that. I'm going to be stuck here <laughs> forever. So is this what marriage is like? Maybe you guys should have told me. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She's great. And I love her a lot. Um, so let's talk about what we got rocking and rolling here. So two weeks ago, nobody in the friggin' field last week. Obviously it was a, a major gigantic. It was fantastic. We loved it. There were so many people. It was an absolute blast this week. Scrolling through this list. Who's this guy in first? Who, who's this guy that's 10-9? He, he, who, who is this guy? Well, Will Zalatoris, who a oh. lot of people are going to like this week because he finished sixth last week at a very, very, very tough U.S. Open. So just because of that, this dude gets his 10. So, so we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's a weird. We're down in Punta Cana. It's going to be gorgeous. It's going to be fantastic. But this field is made up of some dudes we know. Uh, some guys that should be 6K and now they're 9-9. Um, talking Adam Long, maybe not 6K. That's a little mean, but uh, it's 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 one of those courses again, man. Where we're gonna, I'm gonna be shaking my head saying, "Oh, M Schwab, of course, yeah, Luke Liss, that guy, all right." Um, so, see, I guess it, talk to me a little bit. What the hell? What are we gonna be? Are we gonna be watching this weekend? I mean, of course we're gonna be watching, but are we really gonna be watching? So, uh, yes, for a couple of reasons, but, but okay. One, this is normally an alternate event and because it's in the okay. Dominican, a lot of like the, the regular guys that might play, aren't going to leave the country that to play sense. this particular okay. tournament. Um, it's yeah. not an alternate tournament this year. It's like a real PGA FedEx cup, you know, kind of deal. But, um, the reason why we're going to watch is because in my opinion, at least with my experience, whether it's betting or DFS, I tend to do much better in these fields than I than I would like the really aggressively talented fields like the U.S. Open or the Masters. Mm-hmm. It's just that's just a me thing. I, I'm not speaking for everybody, but the reason is because it's very it's a lot easier to pick out the diamonds in the rough on a, on a in a field like this versus the U.S. Open where you just have literally all of the talented people and even a guy that's like 25th on the totem pole at the U.S. Open can just outright win the thing because that 25th ranked person is very, very good. So here, I only think there's a handful. I mean, not a handful. To me, there's maybe like 10 to 12 guys that can win this thing um, that are just like a grade above the, the the rest of the field. So I think there's opportunity here is my point. So um, I think you just like humble bragged yourself into being a sharp, if I'm not mistaken. Is that kind of... I mean, you, you're giving the definitions out. Okay. I'm just talking. Okay, yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. And you're doing a great job talking. That's why we love you having you here. Um, Joel, how about you? Do you like these, I guess, less packed, uh, for, for, for lack of a better term, these types of tournaments as one we had a couple weeks ago? So I'll start by saying typically no. Um, I think it's, to me, I think these can become more of like a randomness, some guy that's like way down there you never heard of gets involved, and it's hard to kind of pinpoint those guys. So like when we had the one two weeks ago, 
I was very light. I just was kind of felt lost. I, I didn't play that much. However, this week I feel good. There's something about the statistics of this course. The field is, I think, a little bit improved from that one from two weeks ago. Um, there's something that the, the data that I'm reading about how this course should play, the course history. I feel like I have some solid plays, and not just from like well, like Sia was saying, some of those like you know 40, 50 range guys who are now top tier guys who we want to target, but also even further down because of course history and guys who played here before and we have data. I feel like I have a really good feel for this field, so I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna be playing strong this week. Very excited. Sia, before we hop into that top tier of players, how's the course going to do this week? The course ran train on everybody, and it was a joke last week. Obviously, Bryson, the only guy under par. How is the course going to do this week? Is it going to be a little easier? Is the course going to win again? How do we feel about it? If I may, this is the only golf show where we will talk about golf and we will use the metaphor ran train. So welcome to Win Daily. Did you watch? Everybody everybody but Bryson, man. Michael, I'm not criticizing you. I think it's awesome that you said that. And I'm just saying, like, we're, we're bringing a little bit more flavor than your regular podcast is all, or live stream, I should say. So um, this is going to be the opposite of what we had last week. And, and I actually mean that, like, literally the opposite. I, I don't want to predict the score because you never know what the wind is going to be course. and things. Like, but this is literally a resort course, which means you're going, I mean, you, you know, you, you mm-hmm. don't have, like, your Tiger Woods of the world, like, rolling up to this particular course and, like, being challenged, let alone, like, a Luke List like you brought up. So, no, this is going to be a, this is going to be a birdie making course. The guys that you can attack the hole, the the fairways are super wide, the the, the greens are very, you know, hittable, you know, even from awkward locations. So, you're going to see some low scores. So, I think Joel and I are probably on the same page. You know, we're probably going going to be looking for guys that are long, although that's not a prerequisite. It's helpful because short hitters have won here before, but we're going to be looking for guys that are long, guys that are probably good in good form. And I'm, you know, I'm speaking for Joel. He can speak for himself, obviously, but also guys like he said that have experience on this course, you know, good experience on this course. Thank you, Sia, and for Joel as well on that one. And the reason why I asked was because last week, I know with with the U.S. Open, we were very specific on there's not going to be a lot of birdies. So we're really just trying to get dudes in the top 10, top 15, top 20, because that's how we're going to get all our points. This week, it sounds like we can play the Ryan Palmers of the world. Shout out Ryan Palmer. Maybe we can get him on the podcast. That would be sweet. Ooh. Everybody listening or whatever, tag Ryan Palmer, get him on the show. But it sounds like we're going to be able to go after guys that are going to be a little more erratic, but we kind of almost are going to want that a little bit. But it also sounds like there's not going to be. Yeah. Once you said, I know I said resort multiple times. But once you said it's a resort course, that definitely brings to mind like these 80 year old dudes that are just <laughs> going out to have some fun. They shoot five over and they're like, honey, I played a great game today. And I'm sure, 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 sure. So these guys, um, so it's going to be the opposite. The field is going to, mm-hmm. um, if I may, again, run train on this course, it sounds like. <laughs> Joel, Joel, would you agree? 100%. Uh, see, I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm completely aligned. He with, said it for you. So He said it for me. And he could have been, Look at that. What I was going to say. Uh, when, I, when I start preparing for a tournament, like who I'm going to play, how I'm going to break it down, I first look at the course metrics. So like, where do you want to find guys that are gaining strokes in what categories like that you want to target? And the first thing I saw was distance. So that's, you know, clearly like we want long hitters this week. And that's the easiest one to narrow down because then you can, t- you for the most part, if you're playing golf every week, you know who the long hitters are. And if you need to research a little bit for the lower down the tier guys for who's hitting longer, you know, I spent 20 minutes doing that earlier today. And now I feel like I know like who's bombing the ball in this course. Like I got a good feel for it. 
And the other thing um, Cia said is right, is there's been a tournament here the last three years. So we have stats on how guys have performed here. And there are some guys that I've literally never heard of that have been in the top 10 each of the last two or three years. So that's something you, you want to know, you know, guys that are performing well on this course and definitely something that, you know, listen, there's a guy I never heard of. I'm going to have shares of this week because if he's got top 10 in the last two years, I'm sure he can get do well again. I love it. I love it. And see people, all it takes is 20 minutes. No, I'm kidding. Of course not. Joel puts <laughs> a lot more than 20 minutes of work into all of his lineups. I can promise you that. So let's jump into it. Let's look at this list. Uh, we have a couple dudes in this 10 K range. See, I'll throw it to you. Zalatoris, Connors, Hughes, Burns. I mean, none of these guys are supposed to be in the 10 K range, but it just turns out today they are because there's mm-hmm. nobody else in this field. Uh, I, is this going to be one where, again, it was a couple weeks ago where we didn't really have to take any 10K guys because they're usually 6K guys. So who the hell cares where everybody else is? You kind of just pick whoever you want. Or are there a few of these guys up top that you are really going to try and pinpoint? Only one in particular. So I'm not going to buy into the Will Zalatoris hype just because it's it's really such a small sample size, as good as he was last week. And he's been good on the Corn Ferry Tour and, you know, places like that. But I, I'm not in... He shouldn't be the highest priced guy. I mean, he's he's the highest priced guy on on just last week, essentially, as far as I'm concerned. The guy that I think should be the highest priced guy and the guy that I immediately when I saw, you know, basically the roster of players that was playing this week, I was like, oh, that guy's going to win the tournament. Um, so he's definitely one of the guys that I think is going to win the tournament. And, that, and his name is Sam Burns. Sam Burns is a long hitter. He's an accurate hitter. Um, he's just, he fits perfectly for this course. The last tournament he played, I believe was the Safeway. He finished, I think it was seventh place. So he's coming in in good form. And I just think he's the best. I don't want to say he's the best golfer in this field, but he is the golfer that is to me, that is most likely to go really low for four days straight. And so that's, I, I don't want to dip into the 6K range this week. So a lot of my lineups are going to be a little bit more balanced. You can definitely afford to do that. But if I'm going to dip up to this range, it's going to be Sam Burns. He's the lowest of this um, 10K range at 10,100. Love it. How about you, Joel? Are you going to be on Mr. Zitalis? Uh, as DraftKings is telling me, he is one of one for cuts well, made. So that's pretty impressive, right? I apologize. I was just looking through our text and, and seeing, maybe you can remember. Um, I actually didn't know who this was until last week. When we have like a group chat with all the golf writers on the site, and I'm now I'm, I want to give them credit, but I can't remember who posted it. Somebody was like, "I'm on Will, Z- I'm on Zalatoris." I'm like, "Who the heck is that? I don't even know who that is." And then he ended up popping. He had a really good week, so that's what put him on my radar. Um, I I do. I mean, listen, I do like him this week. I just, you know, for someone I just found out who he was last week to be that highly priced. It's going to be hard for me to have a lot of exposure to him, you know, just because I don't want to pay that much for someone in this field. I just feel like it's, you know, there's not anyone that has that big of an advantage to be that price. So I like him. I just, due to roster construction, I'll probably be low on him. That makes sense. How about the rest of this 10K range? Um, is there anybody in here that, as you know, CA has pretty much pinpointed one gentleman that he's at all for? Is there one or two guys that you're liking? So I, I, I'm pretty much fully in sync with C on this range. I really do like Burns. If I were to have exposure to anyone, Burns is the guy. Um, I like all four guys in this range. Uh, Connors and Hughes, if you notice, like a lot of the models that we run and stuff like that before tournaments, Connors always pops. He's just like a model guy. And, you know, he sometimes plays well. He probably just always does better in the models than he does, you know, in real life. Uh, and... Um, I, I just like Mackenzie Hughes. I played a lot of him over the last month or so. He, he's just playing well. However, I think the issue, again, it's a roster construction thing. I just think 
there's just not that big of an advantage for the price difference. So I like them all. Um, I might try and get one or two of them, you know, in my lives here and there, but uh, I'm going to have less of them strictly because of price and how I'm building my labs and less because of talent or skill. And of course we always, so also always like to point out it's, it's that roster construction is one of the most important things, obviously, and picking the players, but it's also the tournaments that you're getting into. So if you are curious, we are going over this from a large field GPP in most situations because, hey, we're here to make money, right? We're not here to double up $10. I mean, I am, but I mean, I'm also cheap as hell, so it's a little different here. But it, we are we are looking at this from a large field GPP perspective if you do have questions on on three max on 20 max on single entry see a crushes single entry especially in nfl on these 150 you know tournaments windailysports.com backslash chat you get seven free days in our discord chat where you can talk to sia you can talk to steven you can talk to isaiah you can talk to joel you could talk to patrick i feel like i'm missing one person antonio, antonio. you can talk to all these guys and nick too nick loves golf i, I know he's all, all about NFL right now as he should be but I'm sure if you send him a message he'd answer you so windailysports.com backslash chat seven free days in the discord and you can ask the questions because roster construction is very important and also tournament selection is as well so see ya only a couple of these guys are even 10k and above uh, a few guys the 9k range is a little bit bigger uh, Adam Long I know that guy Henrik Stenson I know that guy is that Brandon Grace Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then I know that guy too. Look at that. Um, talk to me a little <laughs> bit about this 9K range. Uh, it sounds like we're going to be a little bit heavier here than at least we were in that 10K range. Yeah, for sure. Um, a couple guys I like, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not really super impressed with this range, but a couple guys I like are uh, Grio, who you know I've been on the last couple of mm-hmm. months. I think since the restart, he's he's. I don't think he's missed a cut. So he's one of the and, – and those are mostly in fields that are a lot more impressive than this. So he's he's good off the tee. He's great on approach. His, his putter is what always fails him. And, you know, that could fail him this weekend too. But it's just one of those things like – Turning around the putter is a lot easier to do than turning around your terrible approaches and things of that nature. So in this field, I actually like him quite a bit. And then Denny McCarthy, you know, he's coming off a missed cut, uh, not the U.S. Open. I, I think it was the Safeway that he missed the cut. And I hope that sort of keeps his ownership down. I and mean, he's tracking at around 18%, which is kind of high. Uh, actually, it's really high, at least for this range. But, you know, he grades out really well uh, off the tee on approach. Honestly, like looking at his ownership percentage, you know, he's probably a better cash game play than a GPP. But again, in a field like this, you can get different in so many other places that if you really like Denny McCarthy, don't worry about playing the chalk. Like, you know, Steven has his article and he in the expert chat, he tells all the subscribers like how you make your lineup different. He actually gives like the exact metrics of, you know, how you should compute that. And um, you can absolutely take Burns and McCarthy who work like kind of chalky and then get different in other places. So I like McCarthy quite a bit. And then the rest of this, you know, I, I think Christoph, uh, Christopher Ventura is, is solid. He's been really good lately. But the rest of this range, I'm not I'm not on Brandon Grace. I'm not on Sepp Straka, Dietrich, Pat Perez. So, uh, you know, I would go with Ventura. He's my kind of my third place guy. And Grio and McCarthy are like, you know, tied for first in this range. Mm-hmm. And no, no Adam Long? I, you've been on him for a while too now. No, I've been off and on him for a while. Okay. Uh, a lot of people are on him. If I look at his, you know, he's only actually 12%. So that's that's pretty attractive. I will definitely not be fully fading Adam Long. So if I'm doing, let's say, I always say this, like let's say I'm doing 10 lineups, which normally I'm doing like 20 to 25. But okay, let's say I'm doing 25 lineups. I'll have at least four with Adam Long, but that's not a, that's not a huge number, maybe mm-hmm. three with Adam Long. And then the rest, I'll, I'll tighten it up with the three guys I mentioned. 
Love it. That is fantastic. How about you, Joel? How this 9K range? Who are you feeling? <clears throat> well, first I need to, because I, I had to do this because I just I felt bad. I have to credit Stephen Pilardi, the Sicily kid. He's the one who brought up Zalatoris last week. He was spot on. It was a great play. Um, and all, now he's the highest priced player in mm-hmm. the field. So just like that in a week, how things can change. It's the wind daily bump. I think that's exactly what it is. Precisely. That's, it's happening. That's a common factor that, that we see in the fields. <laughs> um, uh, but in, in this range, I, I, again, I think this is a good thing, right? I think when you have two people that play golf a lot, like me and Sia, and we're aligned on a lot of the things, I think that's showing something, right? There's a reason why we're kind of targeting and seeing the same thing. So it's probably good that we're, we're probably seeing the same things and I have some similar plays, but my plays are going to be very similar to C's in this range. Um, I do like Denny McCarthy a lot. Uh, he's actually one of my favorite plays. My percentages on him won't be as high for that same reason. I just I think he's a little overpriced, but of anyone in the top tier, he's probably my favorite play. Keep in mind also, he tied for 26 last year here and got fourth in 2018. So he has proven this course. Uh, he's, he's played well here. Um, so I'll definitely have my, my exposure to him. I think what what's happening for me as I'm going through my, my roster discussion this week and, and thinking about things is seeing these guys in this price is throwing me off because I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not what price you should be. And even though it's a smaller field, it may be more accurate. There is something to like the gap. Like there's a bigger gap between Bryson, JT, Morikawa, and the normal and these guys than there is between these guys and what we're going to see in the seven and eight field. So, you know, to me, these guys and the guys in the next tiers, two tiers below, aren't that big a change. So if I can just get more of those guys in one lineup, it's probably better roster construction. So for the most part, I'm not taking too many of these guys. I like McCarthy. Um, I like Seb Straka. So two things to know about Seb Straka. Uh, you're going to make fun of me for the second one, but the first one being he does hit the ball really far, so this is what you need to do on this course. The second one, and I've never said this publicly, but this is something that happens in my head, so – Okay, wait, um, wait, wait. Uh, Sia, I need you to look at the camera, please. <laughs> you guys okay, are definitely going to make fun of this, and you should because it's stupid, but it, it's something I can't get away from. So with football, with golf, with all DFS, a thought process I can't get away from is this. So for football, the way it comes up is, you know, you have two, you have two slates. So you play 1 o'clock games and 4 o'clock games. In golf, right, the thought is more around, like, you know, the guys who played well on day four because that's when you're cashing, that's when all the action is. So for me, I always tend to slightly lean toward guys who in football who are playing in the four o'clock games and in golf who have round four low scores because I know when round four comes, I need them to do well and that's how I'm going to cash my lineup. So it's not like a lot, like, listen, it's not a logical thing. You don't play better in a tournament because you do well in round fours, but I know that if I have guys that tend to do better on round four heading into the last day, uh, I'm going to feel good opposed to be, I don't want to be in first on day three and then get passed. That doesn't get me there. I need to be in first on day four. Um, so that's what you're going to make fun of me for because it's stupid logic, but I can't get it out of my head. I just need to be targeting guys who do well at the end. Joel, um, do you want to hear the funny joke about all this? What? You're the guy that cashes $50,000. <laughs> Sia and I are not the guys that are cashing $50,000 multiple times. Nope. So the joke's actually on us. <laughs> so yeah. If you want to laugh um, at us, you're more than welcome, man. You are more than welcome. Also, uh, I think that's sound logic. You're, you're basically saying guys that can finish tournaments, and guys, uh, unless I'm wrong, unless I'm interpreting it wrong, guys that are good in the clutch. If you want to call the round four the clutch, the fourth quarter in football, I mean, the analogy is kind of perfect as far as I'm concerned. 
Yeah, I mean, it's I guess it's it's less sound logic in football because I'm just playing guys in the later slate because I don't want to keep getting passed. But for golf, yes, you're right. It is sound logic because it's playing strong in the clutch. But yeah, um, I, I might I'm I'm going to agree with Sia on the golf part, on the football part yeah. that I mean, unless there's better plays in the four o'clock games, the late game hammer is always fun to watch. You know, you just rise up the draft or uh, up the uh, up the leaderboard. But Anyway, the, the analogy <laughs> was the analogy was an F, but the, the logic was an A. So like that's that. all we need right there. In my defense, in my defense, what I actually do is when I build my football lineups, I always just build one that's heavily stacked to the late game. So I'm, my day's never over. I always at least am alive for the late game because I have that one lineup that's heavily stacked late. So that's the logic. It's more for fun than it is for making money. But that's that's how I get through my Sunday. <laughs> That is the worst strategy. Yeah, that makes zero sense. Um, but if you can, do, hey man, if you're happy, that's the only thing that matters. Again, you're the guy that cashed with 50,000, not me. I can only say so much. The fantasy gods are on your side, Joel. It's true. Um, it's did true. you have any more notes on this 9K range? Or yeah, the, the only, so so I like Dan McCarthy. I really like Straka. The only other two guys in this range I might have a little exposure to, but I'm not targeting. Wait, wait, actually, wait one second. Where did that analogy come from? Like, were you, was there somebody that does really well? Or, like, oh, where did that Shaka. come from? Very good oh. point. That we almost blew the whole point of the segment. Yes. Yeah. Um, Seb Shaka is super strong on round four. So his round four scoring average is like one of the best on tour. So that's why I'm always I'm always on Seb Shaka. And keep in mind, knowing that is not because I, I didn't look up that stat for this tournament. I know that because I play Showdown. And I looked up round fours. And I always know he does well on day fours on Showdown. And so I just knew that going into this tournament. So when I saw him there, I was like, oh, it'll be nice to have him on Sunday because you know he's going to be good on Sundays. Um, and now he's priced high. He's one of the better players in the field. He's long, which is course like So a lot of things are pointing in his direction. Um, so, yes, thank you for reminding me to, to get that. And then the last two guys that I will target, but just a little bit of, are uh, Ventura. Um, more of his like a form. He's a good golfer. He's in good form. Uh, should kind of play well on this course. And Pat Perez. And Pat Perez because um, I just think Pat Perez is probably one of the better golfers in the in the tournament, and I think you know at this price range you get a pretty good value. I could see him popping this week and getting a win. So um, I, I'm not betting him the win. He's not my favorite, but I definitely will have a couple shares uh, similar to CSA, maybe you know five percent or so. Fantastic. Um, that uh, yeah, analogy terrible, but the logic it works for me, man. Um, on golf, not on football. Sia, do you have any? I guess weird analogies or things that you do on Sundays that you want to tell us about? Actually, weird things that I do. So, you know, I play second out of 2000 in the uh, one of the single entry contests yes. for, for a $3,000 win. So just so you know, I only had Austin Eckler going in the four o'clock games and I refused to check DraftKings the entire four o'clock slate. And of course, Anthony Lynn decides that Swift is the better running back at 2.8 yards per carry over the veteran Eckler, who was at 5.8 yards per carry. So I was I was worried I was going to drop down to like 200 bucks, but I didn't I didn't know if I did or not because I just wasn't checking. And then finally, when that game ended in overtime, I checked and I was somewhat relieved um, that team had uh, Brashad Perryman on it. So I, I should have a- absolutely outright won that. But uh, whatever. It happens. Well, you, you played Brashad Perryman. So I guess that's kind of on oh, you. Against but... a defense that had half of its players. So in playing in garbage time on offense. With an offensive head coach and Adam Gase, who's terrible. But that this is not a football show. Joel, do you have one quick thing to say? I, I, need, I need to tell a quick story. Now we're on this topic. I have to tell the story. Damn it. Damn it, Sia. All right, let's go. <laughs> 
So what really got me into really like propelling my, my DraftKings career was last year. It was a three-game slate. Um, it was toward the end of the year. It was like a Saturdays only. Remember they do like a couple games on Saturday. And at, at that day, Houston, it was last year Houston was playing Tampa. If you remember, those were the two of the worst defenses in the league. And it was Saturday. Houston-Tampa was a 12 o'clock game. The ownership in that game was like every player because that was supposed to be the complete shootout. The last game of the day was Rams-Niners. So I did like exactly what I say I do, which is non-logical. I um, had one lineup that was just focused on the late game and really just kind of faded the early game. Well, that early game ended up being a defensive battle. They barely scored. The late game was a shootout, and I won $100,000 and won the tournament. Ooh. So from that standpoint, my logic is flawed, but it works. It hey, works. If it works, it works. I remember that game. I think that one went to overtime, right? And I think the uh, Rams ended up pulling that one out. I think it was something weird. It's way towards the end of the season, the Saturday game. So shout out for you. I actually sat all my Rams players in that game uh, in my season long, and I lost my championship. So shout out to me on that one. Um, Let's go back to golf now. Um, We'll make fun of Sia for playing Austin Eckler and, and Josh Kelly and and Rashad Perryman tomorrow on our betting line show where we talk mostly betting. We sprinkle in a little of that DFS. We're going to have Nick Brettwish back on with us. He got a little, uh, he was a little sad. He wasn't with us the week before, but he understands he's a big boy. Um, see it. Talk to me about this eight K range. As we've been saying most of this time, the difference between eight and nine K is only so, so, so much. So how are you looking at this? I mean, Luke list is a guy. I mean, this, this range isn't even that big either. Henrik Norlander. Adam Shank, I know all these guys are practically. Yeah, and and by the way, when, when I first like before I do any research, I just look at the roster and I like make a few outrights right off the bat. And actually, Luke List at forty five to one was one of the guys I just picked without really looking at anything. And frankly, if you look at Luke List in terms of his recent form, it's not very good. So, but but I I just think Luke List, especially immediately after the restart, I thought he was really playing well. And I think in a field like this, especially for a a, a guy who hits it very long. Um, and who's just terrible with the putter. I think uh, he has as good of a shot as anybody in, like, let's say, the 20 to 1 or 25 to 1 range. So I like List as an outright. So I certainly like him in DFS. He's one of those guys like, listen, you're looking for birdie makers. There's a couple eagle opportunities. Like Luke List is one of those guys in this field that can absolutely get you there. Sort of to the contrary would be another guy I like in this range. And that's Kyle Stanley. Not a super long hitter, but what, like, he's missed, I think, he's only made two out of his last five cuts, I believe. And that's not very good. But interestingly, his ball striking metrics are really good. Like off the tee and approach are really good. But then you look at the putter, and he's losing like several strokes with the putter in each tournament, in each round, really. So um, I like Kyle Stanley because I'm hoping he just kind of turns the putter around there. So um, those are two guys in the 8K range I really like. Now, Stanley, I think, is 8,100. Luke List is 8,700. The only other guys that I'm even really considering in terms of like putting a couple shares in my lineups are uh, Adam Shank. He was a former secret weapon. He's he's very solid. He should be good on this course. And Patrick Rogers, he's another guy that just recently when I was doing my research wasn't really grading out that well. But uh, he is just one of those guys that I think I just think he's better than most of the guys in this tournament. And he certainly has the upside at at 8000 in DFS. I mean, this is a guy that if his recent form was even decent, he might be like 9100 or something like that. So I I like those guys in this 8K range quite a bit. I love it. How about you, Joel? What do you got for this 8K range? Yeah, I'm laughing at Patrick Rogers because he's one of those guys that is usually like 6100, 6200 that I'm on. I'm like 6100. This guy's too cheap. He's better than that. We got to be playing them. And now at 8,000, I'm like, 
he's that's not too cheap for him. So I don't know if I should be playing him, but I usually like him. So I'm like torn because I like him as a golfer, but when I'm seeing this price tag, I'm like, this is not like a sneaky play. This is they're they're playing him as one of the main guys. Um, this range, as you guys all know, I love him like Norlander. He's just like one of my favorite golfers on tour. Being honest with you, he doesn't grade out well for this course. Like his game does not say that he will be really strong here. Um, I will play some shares of him for the reason that I just think he's a better golfer than most of the guys in the field. So just getting one of the best guys in the field at this price range, you can still build a pretty balanced lineup with him, I think is a good play. And that's the type of logic where, where I was kind of explaining why I'm not playing a lot of the higher end guys. Cause I'm like, Henrik Norman is probably a better golfer than a lot of those guys. And for a thousand dollars less, I can still play him. Why not? Right. Why would I, you know, I don't really have a big difference between him and, you know, I'll just name one guy up there, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Adam Long, right, or, or you know Charles Howell. So from that standpoint, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll fit him in there. Um, I like Matthias Schwab. So he hasn't done much recently, so it's hard to really be on him right now. However, about two months ago, midsummer, when I, you know when golf was really picking back up, he was popping on a lot of my models, and he was a guy sneaky play that we could put in there. Again, he's not popping now. He has been a little bit colder, but a guy that. You know, when he is popping, when he is on, he can be – he can compete in the tougher fields. In this field, he is a hot week. He can easily win it. So, for that reason, I'll have a few shares of him. Um, and I really do – I'm with – I'm definitely with Sia on Luke List. I think in this in this range, he's the best play. Um, my concern with List is the fact that he's not a great putter. But the logic for this course is – this is a course that, like, you know, the three of us could play when we're on vacation and, like, you know – be compete because like it's not a professional course. So if the three of us can put some putts in and play on this course, I gotta think Luke List putting won't be like he's not putting on wing. You know what I mean? Like he'll be all right. So I'm just thinking it's the easier course will help him, and I think he'll score really well this week. So so those are the guys. But for the most part, it's the next range that I'm going to be heavily targeting. I like that. Yeah, it's uh shout out Luke List. I'm sure he can figure it out. If the three of us can put something together. Yeah, I'm confident, Luke List, too. And uh, just in case anybody was curious, Matthias Schwab um, doesn't even have a picture on DraftKings. So that's the little how they respect they, they respect him so little. Sia, can we play the narrative game on that one? Do you think? I mean, I think half the guys don't have a picture on DraftKings. <laughs> I like the narrative. Let's force himself win this yeah, tournament. Right. You gotta give me a picture after this one, you sons of bitches. Um, All right, Uh, Joel. So you said you're really heavy on this range, and the 7K range is very big. Um, Maybe don't. I I don't know. Talk to me a little bit. If you start talking for too long, we'll switch to see it. If not, we'll let you keep talking. How's that? Okay, I'll try and go quick because I do have a lot of guys in here. So let me just try and quickly touch on all the guys that, that I like in this range. I'll start with Matt Jones. Matt Jones is very long. Um, again, we said this is a, a, a course that will feature long hitters. So you're getting one of the longest hitters in the tournament with Matt Long. That's the main reason to go after him. I mean, it's for him is fine. He's, uh, you know, he's probably fairly priced and not maybe underpriced for this field comparing to the other guys, maybe the, the slot above him. So I actually think I'll be pretty heavy on him. I'm thinking the 25% of my lineups um, for Matt Jones. Also, um, let me just, I have notes here. His course history is 18th last year and 28th two years ago. So, He's done well. I mean, you know, not top tens, but he's competed well in this course. So you know, he's not like, you know, it, it fits him for sure. Yep. Uh, Bryce Garnett. So Bryce Garnett, you know, I will say is one of my guys. Uh, I, I like Garnett, especially if the if the numbers are saying play him, then I'm definitely going to. Um, even so, if you remember two weeks ago when there was another kind of not so good field, um, 
he was lower priced than this. So they came up on him. They, I think the models and the DraftKings, they also like him for this week for that reason. Um, so I'm definitely going to be playing a good amount of him. He also has a pretty solid course history. Uh, tied for 39 last year, won the tournament in 2018, number one. So you got to like that. And then he missed the cut three years ago. So um, you've got a guy that, who can win this tournament. He's done it before. Uh, and he's and he's, and he's a good golfer. So I'll definitely have a, a good amount of him. Uh, a guy that's been in bad form that I like this week is Jonathan Vegas. Now, Jonathan Vegas is like a cool guy. He's kind of like fun to root for. A lot of people want, want to kind of play him. He hasn't been playing well, just being honest with you. So keep that in mind. He's also a guy that like I'll target a lot, which I will also this week, for first-round leader bets. Uh, he tends to – he had the ability to come out hot and then cool off. So I'll probably be looking at him for that. But you want to talk about a guy who can hit it really long, who um, is a better golfer than he's been playing the last two months. That's one of those where, you know, it's obviously not the same as Bryson, but one of those where, like, it's he, it's time for him to come around and have a good round. So um, I like Vegas. A, a more unknown guy that I'm, I'm going after, who's just because he's been in really good form recently, is Rob Oppenheim. So Rob Oppenheim just got on my radar, you know, maybe the last month or so. Uh, and especially when you're playing showdown slates and you're looking every day, you're seeing which guys are popping on a daily basis. And so – that's when he got on my radar. He was popping for a lot of the showdown slates, even, you know, the last two or three tournaments. So, um, you know, in a, in a shrunken field with less depleted competition, uh, I'm going to go after him. I think this is a field where he can kind of shine and really come through as um, someone who can, can really compete here. Um, now, Will Gordon will be a popular guy that people will talk about this week. If you guys remember a month or two ago, he was like the rising star of the tour, right? He was like, oh, you got to be playing Will Gordon. I think there was a tournament earlier in the summer where he was like absurdly highly owned, one of the highest owned players in the whole field. He's cooled off from there. Right? We're not there anymore. But listen, still the same guy, right? He's a good golfer. He's playing in a depleted field. Um, and his ownership right now, what I'm looking at, it's higher for this range. It's probably actually the highest in this range. Um, but, um, you know, there's a reason for that, right? So – uh, I like him. Now, one of my favorite plays is, uh, and I, you've heard me mention him a lot. My my WWE superstar, Seamus Power. Uh, <laughs> Seamus Power is like, listen, his his name represents him well. He's powerful, and this is a course that you need to hit the ball far. So uh, uh, it's going to fit, you know, personality wise, or his game fits the course. And I think. He kind of started to get a reputation of being a guy that's like, you know, his name kind of sounds like a WWE wrestler. He hits the ball far. He kind of came off as a little bit of a cartoon and not really competitive. But I think we saw over the last two months, and no, he's competed, and he's been in some tournaments, and he's got – this year he felt like he's put his full game together more than just kind of was a long hitter that didn't really do much else. So for that reason, I'm definitely going to have um, some shares of him. Drive for show, putt for dough, right? I think that's what my dad used to tell me. <laughs> for sure. That's the truth. How did that work out, my friend? It didn't. It didn't, see it. That's why I'm here talking to you right now. Indeed. That's why I'm here talking to you right now. I'm also like 5'8", <laughs> like a buck 60, soaking wet, so I don't think I could get it too far anyway, even if I tried. Joel, is that just the top half of the range, or is that pretty much everybody for you? Yeah, that's top half. I, I need to okay, take- cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll roll with Sia in a second. Um, Rob Oppenheim, no picture. Seamus Powers, no picture. Will Gordon, no picture. Um, the one guy, Jonathan Vegas had a picture. The one guy you brought up, 
my goodness, Matt Jones, if you guys haven't yet, look at his picture. His eyes are so far apart on his head. Sia, talk to me about the top wow. half of this. What 7K. a jerk. Top half of this 7K range. How do you, I mean, look at his picture, man. What do you want from me? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Just here to observe. That's that's my role in the show. Talk to me about this top half of the 7K range. By the way, I think Justin Thomas is about your dimensions, if you will, the 5'8", 160. I don't know. Maybe the guy's 5'9", or 5'10", but he is tiny. So don't let that hold you back. Get out, get out on that golf course and swing away, my friend. Uh, so I'll come down and visit you in Florida and we'll do that. How's that sound? That sounds good, actually. So, so listen, um, Bryce Garnett, I didn't have in my write-up, and, and I, I wasn't really on him, but but I will co-sign there. I actually think Bryce Garnett's a very good golfer, and he he might be mispriced here. He he probably should be in the the mid eight K range. As we go down, I, I do want to point out Graham McDowell won this thing last year, but I'm not going to be on him. I think Vegas is interesting. I'm actually surprised his ownership is as high as it is. It's like around twenty percent. I'm not going to be on him, but. For showdown or for first round leader, I, I definitely endorse that part of Jonathan Vegas. Um, I just don't think he's been playing quite that well. I just like other golfers more than him, particularly in this range. Um, Oppenheim is interesting. When I looked at his ball striking metrics, I wasn't really that impressed. But I got to admit, he's sort of just showed up at the top of leaderboards, maybe not on Sundays, but you know on Thursdays and Fridays and sometimes even Saturdays, like you see Rob Oppenheim playing well. So that's interesting. Again, in a depleted field, maybe he starts to like really rise. But again, that's not a guy I'm really on. The guys that I'm really on, I will say Will Gordon is one of those guys. He's been really good off the tee. And, and, and Joel's right. He was like this DFS darling or PGA darling a couple months ago. And then he really cooled off. Um, his approach game has been kind of bad. but And his, his ownership percentage is, is a little high, but I will have some shares of Will Gordon. I think he's one of those guys that could really be there on Sunday. Um, a couple other guys I like, but honestly, they're in the sort of that 7,500 and below range. You want me to go there, Michael? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. And then we can hop over to Joel for the... Uh, well, I'll just, oh, I'll oh, just oh, pop second. in real quick while we're... Because, well, before we change the topic, and this is for real golf, too, just, just while we're talking about it. I played golf this weekend, right? And I played with some buddies. One of the guys I played with is really good, way better than me. I stink. I have easily over 100 pounds on him, right? At least 100 pounds. He goes out there and is driving it well over 300, and I, if I hit a 250, I am stoked. So size in golf, like, yeah, Bryson is the longest hitter, but if you noticed, um, and now his name is slipping me. This is going to drive me crazy. Who was the runner-up um, at the BMW, the small guy, Spanish golfer? Um, you're talking about Abraham Answer? No, 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 no. At the BMW, he's a small guy. Oh, this is going to drive me crazy. Um, he's a young upper-comer. I'll, I'll look it up while you're going, and, and I'll get back to you. But anyway – He's like nothing, and he's one of the longest hitters. He crushes the ball. So that kind of stuff, like, yes, obviously it helps to be on steroids. I mean, to be like Bryson. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But but listen, there's a lot of these guys that are, that are smaller guys that still hit the ball really far. It's about torque, about twin speed. So, um, yeah. I, I appreciate both of you really trying to help me through this. Uh, it's really nice. <laughs> I appreciate you're both good friends. Um, I'm glad we do this show. And thanks. That's really, you know, thank you guys. Maybe I have a new career path. Tell Jason I quit. See ya after this show's <laughs> over. How's that sound? Cool. We've been trying to get you out of here, Michael. Take me long enough, but all you had to do was encourage me to be better. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> so, okay, so let's go. 7,400, a, a guy I really like, uh, and again, a guy that I think could be like sort of the class of the field, at least, well, at least the class of this range is uh, Chris Kirk. 
Chris Kirk is another sort of comeback story. If you want to talk about like a, it's not, it wasn't like a DFS darling, like Will Gordon, but he's a guy that sort of like took some time off because he had some issues to deal with. He came back and he just started playing really well. He's not super long off the tee. So that doesn't help him, but he's, he's been great off the tee, you know, in general, in terms of accuracy and his approach has been good. He's just one of those guys that I think honestly could be there on Sunday. So I like the value there at 7,400. And another guy I like that just grades out so well, and this is probably one of the last guys I like actually in this range, is, um, you know, it's interesting. Let let me just stop real quick. When a guy really has a boring name, he unless he's like really, really awesome, like people just aren't going to look that way. Like when you have like a name, like it might not even be a – a, a cool name, but just something that's like fun to say, like a Sepp Straka. Like, oh, I want to play Sepp Straka. It's like fun to say the name. Jonathan so there's Vegas. a guy. Say it again. Jonathan Vegas. Of course. Jonathan Vegas. That's a good, I that's want to a play very that guy. good example. Very good example. I want to gamble on Jonathan Vegas. How beautiful is that? Mm-hmm. Well, the most boring name in this entire field, $7,300, grades out well, is, is right now tracking at 5% ownership, which is pretty awesome. Doug gim yeah never heard of him right michael doug gim the ball striking metrics are there this guy is a a legitimate golfer and i think he's got a ton of value here and i don't think anybody's going to play him because his name is doug gim and uh i'm going to be playing him he's actually going to i'm going to i mean obviously i'm going to be overweight he's only at five percent but i'm going to have quite a few shares of this guy i'm going to this guy i'm going to roll the dice here Uh, another guy at 7300 wes roach that's kind of gross so get a little both Get a little bit of both. On well, that. I will say, see, you're right that he's incredibly like boring and like he's one of those guys that no one ever like talks about or plays. I have written him up on a showdown article once for nice. a good form, and I also like him this week. So you're 100 percent nice. right. He'll be under owned. Uh, his his metrics show that he should play well here, and I think you're right. I think he's like underappreciated because he's just like this boring name, and it's like he's not great. But like, listen, guys that can finish top 40s in this tournament are like, that's equivalent of top tens because all the guys that are normally in the top 30 aren't even in here. So now those guys are, are moving up. So he is like, he, he's good. He's just not great. And when you take out all the great players, now he's one of the best guys. So I like him. I'm, I'm with you on that one. And um, coming in, coming in with good form, 14th at the Safeway as well, two weeks ago. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on Doug. I think that's a good play. And, and what I wanted to just say is I looked it up. It's Joaquin Neiman. He was the little guy um, that, that crushes the ball that was doing well the other week. So, um, sorry, I had to I had to get that out. I wouldn't be able to stop thinking about it. <laughs> um, but for the rest of this range, the guys that, that I like, um, one guy that I, I want to just kind of make sure everyone – two guys I want to make sure everyone has their radars are – I'm going to have small percentages on, but two guys in this range I do want to mention are Roger Sloan and J.J. Spawn. Um, if you guys remember, J.J. Spawn at the 3M Open now uh, – that was – Back in early August, I believe, um, he actually won like the competition, which was like chipping onto the umbrella, and like he made some like great shot. Ended up doing like terrible. That would put that literally that shot for some reason made him stick in my mind. And then I was like, well, just because he made that chip, I can't play him. I don't really know much else about him. The next week, he ended up doing really well in the tournament, and like the next week, he ended up having like a top thirty finish. Uh, I think he's a good golfer. He has not been like in great form. I'm not gonna say he hasn't. He has been, but um, I think he's one of those guys that benefits greatly from there not being the elite guys to compete with. Mm-hmm. I think when you move that from the field, I think he becomes pretty interesting. So for that, I just want to have him on our radar, make sure he's someone that you can play. Another guy in that same kind of vein is uh, Scott Harrington. 
Um, he's kind of Scott Harrington, maybe because of name association, because like they're kind of generic names. But he has he has a lot of similarities to me as a golfer to Patrick Rogers from the sense of like you know he's usually underpriced. He's you know he he's one of those underpriced guys that I like to play. But now that he's not underpriced, I'm confused because I'm like, wait, he's supposed to be like a value play. And now he's just a regular guy. Um, so from that standpoint, I, I put those two in the same kind of vein. Um, I think one guy who's just like a fan favorite, I'm not going to be playing him. But I think a guy I, I want to just mention is C.T. Pan. Uh, C.T. Pan is someone I will play probably Showdown a bunch this week. So look out for like Showdown stuff if you want to get him out there for one day. I, hard to trust Pan for four days. He's known to have a blow up or two. So. I won't be playing him for the whole week, but for a showdown slate, um, I think he'd be someone that would be good to target this week. And then the last guy here that I'll mention, uh, well, no, there's there's two more guys I want to mention. It's Ryan Armour. So Armour is a guy that maybe not like statistically based on distance is someone that's great for this course. But if you remember in July, he had two top five finishes, back-to-back tournaments. Uh, This is a guy that can compete with the elite. So when you put him in this field, he's got to be like – he's one of the guys that's like if they priced, if they priced him in the mid-nines, I wouldn't have blinked an eye. So the fact that he's down here, it's like there's not really a difference. So the fact that he could be in any of those ranges, I think it's just a good value to get into some of your lineups. Um, and then the last guy in this range that I want to mention is Patton Kazire. So Kazire um, was a guy that I played a few weeks ago because mainly of course history. He had performed really well at that course, and he came through. Um, where he was like, you know, came through for his price, right? He wasn't even in the tournament, but he came through and, and you know, did what I needed to do to cash. So he's a good golfer. He's, and again, I think it's the same process. He's not as good as Ryan Armour, but he's similar. He's he's one of those guys that if he was priced in the 8K range, I wouldn't have blinked an eye. So I just feel like it's a good value at this price. I love that. And just to uh, just to make sure, uh, for Ryan Armour, it was tied six at the Travelers and then tied fourth at the Rocket Mortgage last week in June first week in July. So just wanted to make sure people were checking it out there. Cause yeah, I mean, that totally makes sense if he, if he can do that in a, you know, real field, if I may, um, why the hell can't he do it here? So exactly. I love it. Um, also, I think it's pronounced armor, even though it's not spelled that way. So just FYI. Why? We had to make it more fancy for him. We wanted to make sure. He did. It was very, uh, very, yes. Passionate. Yes. <laughs> let, me, let me twist my mustache while I say this at you. Um, all right, cool. So that is the 7K range. Um, we have the 6K range. It's crazy deep. Uh, as you both have said this whole time, there's really no point. In, I'm sure there's a couple guys you like. Obviously, C is going to have a secret weapon. We don't have to dive that that deep down into this hole. But most of our lineup is going to be constructed, it sounds like, of maybe one or two of those top guys and then a bunch of the 8 and the 7K guys, which makes sense. I've kind of just been making one along with you. I have one 10K guy, one nine and a half, and then a bunch of these 7K guys uh, that you guys all... And honestly, if I if you just kind of switch the pricing around, as you said, Joel, uh, you guys were kind of lamenting as much on, on both as you were, uh, so it didn't really matter. It sounds like I just kind of picked the guys that you like the most. Turns out I can make a lineup with it. So, Sia, with this 6K range, again, we don't have to dip too deep down into this, but who are some of the guys that, you know, maybe just you need to sprinkle in a couple? Some of the guys. Just a few like. guys. Just a few guys on my radar. And, you know, I want to I want to say Hudson Swafford, but the stats just were 
too awful for me to to recommend him. So, uh, like, I might have him in in a lineup or two lineups, but not a big fan. Uh, the the three guys I like, by the way, I have JJ Spawn written up in my article as well on WindailySports.com. So I do like him, but I specifically said this is a dart throw GPP play, absolutely no cash. And you know, <laughs> you know, when you're you know, JJ Spawn is not a guy you would be leaning on to, to win, but he can win you. You know, obviously he can win you a, a GPP. The three guys are Kyrdek Afrobanrat. Afid Barnrat, um, Hank Lebiota, Hank Lebiota, and um, Aaron Baddeley. Uh, I like them sort of for different reasons. You know, Kiradek has actually been, just from a career standpoint, has been very good. I don't really know where his game is at, but like if his game is is in an average form, then he's obviously mispriced because this is a guy that in this field should be, you know, in the high seven. Now I say that with a grain of salt, because again, I haven't seen Kyrodek play in quite some time. And the last time he did play, I don't think he was very good, but again, at 6,600, he's just a guy that like that name sort of jumps out, jumps out at me. Hank Lebiot is a guy I like because he hits the ball a mile and he's actually been pretty good lately. Like his ball striking metrics have been good. And then Aaron Baddeley, you know, he's one of those guys that even in, talented feels he's, he's like in that 6500 range or something and he's like he's like the guy i'll try to fit in because i'm trying to fit in a couple guys up top and i really never have any qualms doing that so at 6600 in this field i think and by the way i think he was seventh here last year on this particular track so he's a guy that i think you know again his form lately you know i'm looking at it it's obviously not very good that's why he's priced here but he's a guy that i think if you're dipping into this range you could potentially lean on I love it. Uh, a couple of those guys, uh, Mr. Af, Afa Barnrat. Yeah, he hasn't played too much since the restart. It looks like he's played in two tournaments, Safeway and the Wyndham. Missed the cutout, both of them, but minus one and even. So I guess it could be worse. Uh, and also, of course, Sia has his secret weapon that will be released on Discord tomorrow. Give me the right. It's under 5% owned and just in the 6K range or is it under 6,500? Remind me on that. No, just in the 6K range. Sometimes it is under 6,500, but just in the 6K range and under 5% owned. And they've all been successful. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I literally, I've been doing this for three months. Not yeah. one has missed the cut. Like literally not a single person has missed the cut. This is under 5% owned and in the 6K range. And a few of them have top 10. You know, most of them are, you know, uh, admittedly, like middling and maybe top 20 or 25, but still they're bringing you value because of the the range that they're in, obviously. That's what we're looking for. That's, again, how we fit some of these heavier weight guys or these top price guys in that lineup. That's what we can dip down, grab that secret weapon, and pretty much just cash that check right away because that's what C is here to do, help you cash checks. Joel, talk to me about the 6K range. Where are you looking? Uh, for, yeah. for some well, I want to quickly just kind of give CS some credit for that because I'm not sure if you guys realize how hard that is to actually do. Like picking these guys in this range is, I mean, in this field, I would say maybe even not as hard as like a regular field doing that with like the big guys is like, that is such a, that's a really impressive. The fact that he's done, he's on a heck of a streak. And my recommendation is ride it because hot streaks are real. And if you can get a guy like locked in to make the cut in that range, it's so helpful for roster construction. So that's definitely big and, and ride the secret weapon kind of moving forward. Um, few guys I like in this range, I will comment on Baddeley. So Baddeley's a guy I never play. I always look at him, and I'm like, who's playing this guy, Baddeley? I, you know, he's, how can you play him, right? And then I always notice him, like, one day one or day two, he's like, oh, this guy's in the top 20 again. Like, maybe I should have played him. What am I doing? So now this week, I'm playing him. First time, I'm not going to look at the leaderboard and be like, should have played him this week because I'm going to play him. I'm going to have him, and we're going to win money on that. So I like Baddeley. Now, there's three guys in this range that I really like. And I'm going to be fully transparent with you, two of whom I have not heard of 
until today, to be honest. I, I, I forget where they were today, but my research says these are good plays, and I'm going to give you reasons why. The first one being Kelly Craft. Okay. Kelly Craft, again, being honest, never heard of him before, uh, but Kelly Craft is 6,400. Fun to say. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I'm, I'm already endorsing this. But please yeah. go on with your research, but I'm, I'm already all in. His name is fun to say. So that, that's it's already plus. Two, he's $6,400. So like you can get super creative with putting him in your lineup. Three, he's going to be really low owned. No one's going to have him because no one knows who he is. And then four, and the big one, um, and I guess people should know this because this is information you can easily look up. The last two years, he finished fifth uh, and third. So... He's played really well here. And so with that kind of course history, it's like, all right, yeah, this is a guy that we should be targeting because he's proven it on this course more than one time. And that's kind of how I narrowed down these kind of sneaky plays for myself this week was let me just look through the course history and figure out who has had multiple successes. One success, hard to target a guy that one time he did it. They've done it twice. Well, now, okay, there's a trend. They actually have something going on here. So he's done it twice. Um, He's someone I'm going to be targeting. And the other guy, 6,300, is George McNeil. Uh, he's finished seventh and 13th here in the last two years. That's two top 15 finishes. Again, I've never heard of him, but if you've finished two top 15 finishes in the last two years, in this field, it's not like he's got to beat Bryson, JT, Rory. Like, you don't have to beat them, right? You're telling me you're going to be shocked if he beats Luke List? Like, yeah, Luke List is definitely favored, but I'm not going to be floored if he beats him. So uh, those are guys that I'm definitely going to be targeting, knowing that, that, that they've performed well at this course. And then the last one in this range that um, I have my eye on is Nate Lashley. So Nate Lashley is a guy I have heard of. Uh, he was like a DFS darling a few months ago. People were like, you got to be on Nate Lashley. You know, he's going to be a sleeper. That's fallen off. He hasn't been in great form. However, what we know about Nate Lashley is he crushes the ball off the tee, which you know you're going to need to do on this course. He's really long. He's won this tournament um, before. Uh, three years ago, 2017. Um, he has a 28th place, which is okay, and he's missed the cut. So he can win the tournament. He's done it. He's also performed well. Not great, but well. Uh, I think he's definitely someone to at least have some small shares on when you're building lineups this week. One note on Nate Lashley. Uh, tied 37th at the PGA Championship. So that's not bad. He's a good golfer. And that's, that, that's one of those where it's like when you're building your lives, like a guy who can tie 37th in, a, in the PGA should be priced under 7000 in a field that doesn't have any major golfers in it. Like, yeah, you won't be surprised if he beats any of those guys that are ranked in the 9000s because none of those guys are great. Yeah. Uh, granted, he made only one other cut the entire restart, and he's played in a few tournaments. But still, the one, that's the important one. PGA Championship, man. Made a lot of money on that one. Shout out that guy. Shout out hey, Nick Lashley. Like, this whole vacation. Like we said earlier in the podcast, we're playing this for GPPs, and that's the the opinion of a GPP play, right? Like, if he makes a gun, he does well, right? If if he falls apart, you're going to lose anyway. So take your shot on the guys that that will get you there. Make some money with us. Yeah, how about uh, the 6K range? How are you feeling? No, that's it. I gave you my 6K Oh, yeah, you already did our 6K. Oh, my God. You got to watch the show. Oh, shit, I can go back and watch the show. Damn it. All right. I guess I got some more work to do tonight, huh? So, well, now so now that's the DFS part, apparently. Um, we are out. We still have Sia Secret Weapon. Okay, I did this. Sia Secret Weapon. Yeah, and then we, we waxed poetic about Sia and how incredible it was. Yeah, that was great. I do remember this now. I uh, I remember. Did you just comb your hair? What was that? Um, it, it, was, it was my pen. 
Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you were just, okay. Anyway, so that was the DFS part. Um, and the second part of the show, which we like probably just as much, we just don't really have to talk about nearly as much because we just went over the entire field is we're going to give you some outrights. We're going to give you some first round leaders. And I think we can start giving some matchups. We were doing that last week. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. There was some pre-flop yeah. matchups that we can look at a little bit. Um, and then Joel's going to give us some top 40s because apparently it's like betting, I don't know, the Washington Football Club to beat the Eagles outright, which is kind of cool too. So if I can get plus 200 on a guy to finish in the top 40, shoot, man, count me in. I am all over that. So Sia, let's start with you. Um, I already have Luke List written down, 45 to 1. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry if uh, you said that, so I had to write it down already. Who else do you have as just straight up outright for the tournament? So I, I did mention that I liked Burns at 20 to 1, but I don't like to give the 30 to 1 yes, or shorter plays. So uh, Denny McCarthy at 33 to 1. And it's not just because 33 is my lucky number. I do think Denny McCarthy can win this tournament. Luke List at 45 to 1. Uh, Will Gordon at 70 to 1. But I'll admit that of all the ones I like, that's probably the one I like the least. Uh, Doug Gim oh. at 80 to 1. And then my last one is Chris Kirk at 80 to 1. So these are all like reasonable, well, I should say, somewhat long shot plays that you can anything between 33 and 80 to one i consider you know a pretty pretty solid price so those are the five guys i like do you have the odds up in front of you right now yeah uh can, what was who's the guy we really like kelly craft i yes I put it i want to put a dollar on that guy just for his name honestly <laughs> if we're putting a dollar on doug Gim because of his name we gotta at least give kelly craft kelly, a dollar, right kelly craft is 200 to one to win oh, the tournament hell yeah let's go <laughs> Well, if you okay. want a more immediate return, you could always just take him as a first-round leader. I'm just saying. What is the? What that is the I'm gonna have to look that up. It's probably gonna be a little shorter than the 200 yeah, to one. That's true. 200 to one. 200 to one for Kelly Craft. Uh, the, first, the first round leader is 100 to one. It's 100 to one. Yeah. Okay. Not worth. It's still it. pretty good. Not worth it. Not worth it. I'm not here to play games with Kelly Craft. Um, Joel, <laughs> how do you feel about these outrights? Who do you like? Yeah, so I think this is a field where I think the value is to target some of those, like you said, some of those top 30, top 40. And for this one, I don't want to get too confusing and start messing around. But instead of just kind of start listing everyone's odds, I'm just going to list you the guys. And then you pick, listen, if you really feel good, you want to go top 20, get a little better odds, good. If you want to go 40, I like. listen, if you're more conservative, go 40. Because the most sickening thing is the better guy top 20 and he finishes like 25 and you're like, I was right there. That's the worst, right? So you go to top 40, yes, you might lose a couple points, but you're going to be way happier when you win at the end mm-hmm. of the week. Win is a win, and you have your money in your account. So I tend to go shyer on the – because my thought is if I want to do a big payout, I'm just going to bet on somebody to win because that's what the big payout is. And if I just want to win a bet, let's just go with top 40 because that's safe. So um, the guys that, that I like uh, – and I do. I mean, there is something to that. I mean, we were laughing about it. But at the end of the day, the guy finished top – 10 the last two years. So I like him. Like, well, why not? Like, he can compete. And I don't need him to finish up 10. I need him to finish up 40. And I did look it for him. He's plus 335. So that's pretty good odds. If you put one unit on it, you're getting a nice return. That's a pretty big NFL upset that you'll get. So um, I'm going to definitely take him for top 40 for sure. You're playing the pronoun game. Who is it? Uh, Kelly Craft. Kelly Craft. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll put, I'll put another. <laughs> um, Another guy that I like for for the top forty is, um, it's a bet, right? You you get you gotta be gambling. It's a hit or miss. I like JJ Spawn. I, I you know what? There's something about me telling me he's gonna play well this week. Um, and the reason I, my main hesitation, to be honest with you, is 
on the podcast, I want to say top 40 because it's the safest and most likely to return. More realistically, I'm probably going to be playing it like top 15 or top 10 because um, I think he's going to have a good week and that's where the value will be. Like, you know, he, yes, he's very likely could implode and like then you just lose everything. So, you know, maybe for him, it might be better to go top 20 because he's kind of like hit or miss from that standpoint. Um, and then uh, what I really want to touch on for this tournament, and I'll just kind of skip around, is first round leader bets. Because I think there's a there's a really good opportunity here to, to target some guys for first round leader. And the first one who I already started mentioning earlier is Jonathan Vegas. Um, he's a guy that's like on my like list of guys that I I'm just like normally on for first round leader. Now I will be honest, the reason why I'm normally on for first round leader is more so because he's a lower valued guy in a bigger field. So your odds for him getting the first round leader are like supreme. So if you can get, you know, you can put twenty bucks to win like. 3k then it's a lot of fun like, let me try doing that um now here his odds are still pretty good you're getting uh 60 to 1 right is that what it is 60 to 1 or yeah yeah 60 to 1 um you know putting 20 bucks on that is still a pretty nice return and you know in a field where he actually is one of the better golfers so it's not even like that crazy of a long shot um i, I definitely like him so like even if you don't hit the day one leader i definitely like him for showdown like one days he's one of those guys that, that can definitely go really low um, and the last guy I'll target for day, for uh, round one leader is Will Gordon, right? I think Will Gordon's a guy that uh, I just have a feeling that it's going to be one. The narrative will be uh, we knew it, right? This was the guy we were supposed to be targeting, leading after day one. Like there he is, right? It was obvious. So uh, I'm going to put a little bit of a couple shackles on that, and and so when that actually happens, I can say I think I did know it, and I bet on it. I told you so. That's always half the fun of the bet, too, right? Just telling other people that you told them. Uh, so yeah, uh, for the rest of your first round leaders, who else do you like? So I have six that I wrote down. Um, the last one I don't even really believe in. I just wrote it down. I don't know why. But one of those six I already know was going to be the first round leader. So I'm going to save that for last. Okay. Oh, shit. Are yeah, you breaking news all, again? That yeah, doesn't really news. become breaking news. Well, yeah, let's like just, we have a very small sample size. News? I, don't know, I don't know. Okay, so here are my first round leaders that I like, but I'm going to hold the one back. Okay, Ventura I like uh, at 45 to 1. List, I've already mentioned I like as an outright. I like him uh, day one, 55 to 1. Patrick Rogers at 66 to 1. Uh, Christian Kirk and Seamus Power are both 80 to 1. Um, I was going to mention Bronson Borgoon at 90 to one, just because his name is fun to say as well, mm-hmm. but that is actually not one of my first round leader bets. Okay. The one that is a first round leader bet that I already know. Hold on. Wait a minute. Michael, what day is it? Tuesday. Right. What time is it? Uh, about 9.07 PM Eastern. Okay. So two. Okay, Tuesday, 9.07 p.m. Eastern, we're, we're, we're about like 46 hours from that first round leader being determined. Is that, is that accurate? Uh, you know I'm not good with Give that. or take. I don't know why you, you do this to me in front that. of all these people. I know, I'm sorry. You're, you're kind of being a dick. Your, I'm your first the- round leader. I want oh, everybody okay. to put money on this. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to put money on this. Are you ready? Joel, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm locked in. At 50 to 1, your first round leader is Kyle Stanley. Boom. Put money on it. Trust me. It's already locked in. Just just put money on it. It's already locked in. I think I I might be too late. The line might have already moved because all (laughs) these people are listening to you. Damn it. I got to get there quick. Kyle Stanley, 50 to 1 at the PGA Corrales Puticana Resort and Club Championship. I love that. Leader after round one. 
I just need to scroll to 55. It's and... it's a guaranteed guaranteed um, What what did you Lock. say, Kyle Stanley? It already went to 50. It already went to 50. Oh wait. Yeah, that's because 50? um oh, that's what I no, said. No, yeah, that do do you watch the show? <laughs> do I listen to the show? I think that's the question. All right, I uh, my bet is locked and I can't wait to pull out um, I put two bucks on it, so let's. You're go. welcome. That's hundred dollars is a lot of money. That's what I mean. I'll take it. That's all like, it's like a hundred DFS lamps. But anyway, um, that's what we're here to do. Uh, or in more... Joel's case, one twentieth of yes. one DFS lamp. Yes, yes. We're, we all play differently, and we don't shame here. We all just like to have a good time and win money together. Money is, I guess, equal, but it's also different. Somebody write that down. That is a beautiful, beautiful saying. Anything else? Uh, see ya. Anything no. else, Joel? No, it's not. No, we're good. It's not a beautiful we're good? saying. Okay, cool. cool it's cool. not. Thank you. Thank you for um, that. Uh, let me give two head-to-heads that I saw on DraftKings. Okay. And every site, I shouldn't say every site, but I know the site I use has different head-to-head uh, pre-flop matchups. So, uh, you know, take this for what it's worth. Hopefully you have these matchups. If you don't, get into the expert Discord, which you can get in for free by going to Windaily Sports backslash chat. Is that right? Correct. Okay. And then you can literally talk to us throughout the entire tournament about, you know, 18 hole matchups or if it's before Thursday, 72 hole matchups. Uh, Burns against Charles Howell the third. I mean, it's minus 110. I, I like that so much. I almost think it's a trap, but I'll absolutely take Burns over Howell and uh, Kyle Stanley over Brian Stewart. I know Brian Stewart's pretty solid, but clearly I'm on the Kyle Stanley train uh, this tournament. So I will go ahead and take that one as well. And I will make sure to clip the piece out of the um, show where you say that Kyle Stanley already was the first round leader. And I'll make sure to release that after the tournament starts. Um, so that way everybody knows. And then, you know, we'll let the uh, we'll let the Internet play judge and jury. How's that sound? Perfect. Love it. Perfect. Perfect. I, I want to talk about one more thing. So uh, I think a cool thing for to look at if you want to bet this week on, on the tournament um, and just looking at this field. So a lot of the way that DraftKings, like the sportsbook, will make these lines is, is I think they do. I'm pretty sure they do the salaries for DFS first, and then kind of base the what they're going to do for like odds and whatnot off of that. So it, it's very kind of like robotic. Like, hey, this is how we kind of correlate everything. So if you look at, and I think the thought is, a lot of these guys, somebody has to be at the top. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like a landslide. I just think they have to place somebody at the top. Um, so if you look at it, I think the same concept that we were talking about last week with DJ to miss the cut and betting it, you should be doing here. If you don't like somebody, like bet them to miss the cut. Like these aren't great golfers. So just because they're priced high, they could easily miss the cut. Like just not have a good first two days. So I like those bets, especially because you're getting three, two and a half to one. Um, and like you're telling me, you know, just take a random shot at Charlie Hoffman at two to one to miss the cut. Like, sure. Like if you don't like Charlie Hoffman, like take that. So those are the types of bets here that I would look at because I think that's where you're getting value. They have to pit leaders up there, and just because they have to, they, I think you're getting the value by betting on some of these guys who you don't think will do well in this guy. Joel is shorting the market, everybody. Let's uh, let's jump on the train with him. I mean, if he knows what he's doing, right? He sees a sure thing. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna put all our money into it. Now, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, it, especially with this type of field. We don't know what the hell is gonna happen. Let's be honest. Um, we have some past performance. We have some metrics. We have some statistics. But again, we're at the Corrales Puticana Resort and Club Championship, uh, which, as we already established, the three of us could play. And honestly, from both of your encouragement, I might just become a PGA golfer now because uh, I did look it up. Justin Thomas, 5'10", 160. So he's got Boom. a couple inches on me, but that's about it. So I think that is it for us today over here at Wind Daily Sports. Um, 
Again, windailysports.com backslash chat, seven days free to our expert chat where you get to ask see all your questions about who are you betting, when are you betting, what's the head-to-head, yada, yada, yada. You're going to ask Joel everything about the showdown because he's always crushing those. But see ya, just in case somebody wants to see what you're up to on like a, just a random Wednesday night. Maybe you're not grinding PGA lineups or maybe it's a Thursday and you're checking out the football game. Where can everybody find you on the internet? And by the way, another reason to get into the expert chat, of course, is to thank me for winning all that money on Kyle Stanley. Oh, yes. So again, it's it free is. for seven days. So it's, it's currently just the right thing to do. Uh, currently 9.13 on September the 22nd, Tuesday, September the 22nd. So yes, so do. you're, you're welcome you ahead of time, but I'd appreciate you coming could in. Could you grab me. your newspaper for us and maybe take a picture? Uh, uh, with the... <laughs> I can't believe you know what a newspaper is. Hey, hey man, you. I'm young. I'm young. Yeah, that is stupid, just fantastic. Not, That's just good parenting right there. Not at math, not stupid, but anyway, where can everybody find you? Anyway, me? they can find me uh, at Sianajad, S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D, and they can find you and me tomorrow on the NFL Betting Lines show with Nick Bretwish. Yes, with Sticks Picks, absolutely. Joel, talk to me. Where can everyone find you on the internet? You can find me at Draftmaster Flex everywhere and anywhere. Uh, it's the same name. Same name, flexing <laughs> on them. You can find me at Michael Rizzo one Again, make sure to follow us at Win Daily Sports, windailysports.com backslash chat. It's free chat, not just a PGA. It is for everything NFL as well. So you'll get the entire NFL weekend to win a lot of money with us because it's kind of been a joke with Nick's model. I'm not going to lie. It's been kind of ridiculous how much we've been winning. So that's been a lot of fun. But again, everybody, we hope you make it a very profitable evening. Yeah.